Lift high the name of Jesus, of Jesus our King. Make known the power of His grace, the beauty of His peace. Remember how His mercy reached, and we cried out to Him. He lifted us to solid ground, to freedom from our sin. Oh, sing, my soul, and tell all He's done, till the earth and heavens are filled with His glory. Lift high the name of Jesus, of Jesus our Lord. His power in us is greater than, is greater than this world. To share the reason for our hope, to serve with love and grace. That all who see Him shine through us might bring the Father praise. Oh, sing my soul and tell all He's done Till the earth and heavens are filled with His glory This being our first day of the revival services We're going to sing a good old hymn, Revive Us Again We praise Thee, O God, for the Son of Thy love for Jesus who died and is now gone above. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Revive us again. All glory and praise to the Lamb that was slain, who has borne all our sins and has cleansed them. Good to have you in the Lord's house this morning. First, first worship service of our revival with Brother Kent York and his wife, Julie. Julie's going to be singing for us through the revival. And we're so glad to have you here with us. Let's open up our service with a word of prayer. Ask the Lord to come and meet with us. Father in heaven, we thank you so very much that we can gather together as a church family. Lord, that you can speak to our hearts through your word. We're so appreciative of Brother Kent and Julie coming and ministering to us as we are looking for you to use his gift, your Holy Spirit power, to stir our hearts. For Lord, we want to draw nearer to you. Help us to honor you in that. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Please be seated.
together we're going to lift up one, one of my favorite songs we've been singing these days called his mercy is more and it begins with the chorus praise the lord that his mercy is more praise the lord his mercy is more stronger than darkness new every morn our sins they are many his mercy Remember no wrongs we have done. Omniscient, all-knowing, He counts not their sum. Thrown into a sea without bottom or shore. Our sins, they are many, His mercy is Tender is calling us home. He welcomes the weakest. 
to us through the week and um, one of the things that's going to happen is before brother Kent preaches Julie is going to sing each time but I was just informed they kind of want to do their own introduction and that's great <laughs> we can make that happen so brother Kent I'm going to turn it right over to you thank you brother Tim so good to be here well are you glad to be in the Lord's house amen, amen. now look over to the person next to you and just say you're good looking. <laughs> oh, we are so glad to be back at Victory Baptist Church, and we are going to have revival this week. That means we're going to be back tonight. What is it tonight, preacher? Uh, 
Six o'clock, and then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, dinner at 5.30, service at uh, 6.30. 6.30. You want to decide right now, I'm not going to miss one service of this revival. Now, let me tell you something. The devil don't want you to be here, and he's going to throw things in your way, but you just decide right now, I'm not going to let anything stop me. I'm going to take the revival challenge, and the revival challenge is to be here for all five of my messages. I've only got five cracks at you people. That's it. <laughs> and then I'm going to Bangor, Maine. I'm out of here. But you want to be here for all five. God's given me five messages just for you. Now, I know some of you, you've already started to make your excuse. You just decide right now, I'm not going to make an excuse I'm going to be here at the revival. I had a, uh, and, I, and I always tell people, if you can't be here every service of the revival, please do not come to the lobby and tell me you won't be here because it just irritates me, all right? <laughs> just keep it to yourself. But uh, I had a guy who didn't believe me once, and he came up Sunday night, and he said, well, Brother Ken, I, I can't be here the rest of the week because I work late every night, and it irritated me. And uh, so I got up, and I said, well, if you've got to work late every night, I want you to go to your boss tomorrow morning and tell him you're in a revival, and it's one of the most important times in your spiritual life. And tell him there was a fellow who worked for Walmart. They wouldn't let him off to go to church. He sued Walmart. Walmart had to pay him $250,000. I said, just look at your boss and go, make my day. <laughs> you know what the boss said? Take off early every day this week. Tuesday night. The boss came to the revival with him. And on Wednesday night, four members of that man's family got saved. His wife come to the back in tears and she said, Thank you, Brother Kent, for saying that to my husband. He works late every night. And this week, we've gone out and had a date before church. And then tonight, four members of our family got saved. And so there's a man that just adjusted his schedule a little for the Lord. And the Lord blessed him. So you just decide right now. I am not going to let anything stop me. I'm going to be in revival at Victory Baptist this week. Now, we're going to have a little campaign this week. And we call it, let's get ready to rumble. We're going to rumble this week. How many like that WWF wrestling? Amen. No one ever admits it in a Baptist church. You know, you hypocrite. But... We're going to have a rumble this week. We're going to have two teams each night, Monday night, Tuesday night, and Wednesday night. And they're going to go head-to-head -head and rumble. Now, the way the rumble works is these teams are going to be approaching you right after the morning service. In fact, the rumble does not begin until the final amen in the closing prayer. And pastor, I would like to give my team members about 15 seconds to strategically locate themselves. Because they're going to be walking up to you and saying, will you come and stand for me on Monday night or Tuesday night? Will you stand for me on Wednesday night? All you got to do, you don't have to give them $20. You don't have to take them out to dinner. All you got to do is say, yes, I will come on your night and I will stand up for your team. Now, the scoring works like this. Every church member of Victory Baptist Church is worth one point. Now, you say, what's a church member? A church member is a church member. Not an attender, a church member. One point. If you're not a member of Victory Baptist Church, you're worth five extra points. <coughs> like me and Julie. We're big fish, huh? We're not members here. So they're going to be coming up to you saying, will you come and stand for me on my night? We'll have a winner and a runner-up each night. And then the team at the end of the week with the greatest score, will win a wonderful grand prize. And so we're excited. Now we're going to meet our team members right now. Monday night, 
Sister Sandy and Erica. Where's Sandy and Erica? <laughs> stay up, stay up. Now, they're going to rumble against Paul and Tammy. Where's Paul and Tammy? There they are, right back there. All right, Paul, you got any trash talk for these girls? I, I actually do, yeah. Okay, what is it? So I'm sitting here thinking, I can do this a couple ways, but if you don't come to my team, maybe you might get a ticket on the way out. Ah-ha! Those who were here Wednesday when the wife was off and I was singing songs, that wife won't be off. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And tomorrow night, when you're in line to get garlic bread, I'll be giving out the garlic bread or... Um, you know, there's other things you can do to get <laughs> <laughs> Is that a bag of candy or what? Yes. Yeah. So my, my grandson looked at me and said, Grandpa, if people don't vote for Grandma, I'm going to start crying. No! <laughs> All right, Sandy, you got any response to this? Holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's give these two teams a big hand. A big hand for Monday night. This is going to be violent, I can see. John and Hannah are Tuesday night. John, where's your partner? She's here somewhere. Yeah, she's somewhere. <laughs> They're going to rumble against Kurt and Rachel. Where's Kurt and Rachel? Oh, there you are. Uh, Kurt, you got any trash talk for John? That was very Christian of you. <laughs> How about it, John? What do you got for Kurt? No. no. All right, let's give these two Christians a hand. Then Wednesday night, we got Isaac and Jack back there. Isaac and Jack, there they are. They're going to rumble against uh, Har is it Har Harlan? Harmon and Kathy. Where's Harmon and Kathy? Right here. All right, Kathy, Kathy. Didn't even have to ask for trash talk. Uh, Jack, what do you got to say back to Kathy? All right, let's give these two teams a big hand. Now, the rumble will take place at the close of the service each night after all the spiritual's over. Uh, you say, this don't seem real spiritual. Well, it's not, all right? And so we, what we're doing is we're trying to get more people in the revival. And usually, we always see somebody get saved because they got invited by someone to the revival. So uh, let's get excited. Uh, they, they'll be coming at you this morning and tonight asking you to stand for them. Just say yes and plan on being here. Well, it's good to have Julie with me in this meeting, and uh, Julie's going to come and sing a song just before I preach. And this song is a lovely song. It's called The Commission, and it really is the Lord talking to each of us to share the message of Jesus Christ. Look at my feet It's possible You must believe I know you Will do great things It's my time to go But before I leave Go and tell the world about me I was dead and now I live I gotta go now for a little while Goodbye's not the end Don't 
forget the things that I taught you I've conquered death, I hold the key Where I go, you will go to someday there's much to do here before you leave so go and tell the world about me I was dead and now I live I gotta come now for a little while goodbye End of the road, my spirit is with you wherever you go. You have a purpose, I have a plan. I'll make you this promise. I come back again. Until then, go and tell the world about me I was dead and now I live I gotta come now for a little Thank you, honey. Open your Bibles this morning to the book of Hebrews, chapter number three. Hebrews, chapter number three. We're going to begin reading in verse number one. Hebrews, chapter three, verse number one. As soon as you find your place in God's word, let's stand and we'll... Honor the Bible by standing this morning. Some people like to kneel during the national anthem. I like to stand during the national anthem. And I also like to stand at the beginning of my messages for the word of God. I do believe that book you hold in your hand is the word of God. Amen. And we can teach it, preach it, and learn from it. The other great key to a revival, other than having the word of God, is prayer. And I understand some of you have already been praying for this meeting, and I appreciate that. But one thing I've never deviated from now in 25 years as an itinerant evangelist, after I read my passage, I always invite anyone that would like to to come down to the altar and pray with me. Now, some of you have never been to the altar before. You ought to come and see what it looks like one time. We can kneel all the way around the platform or we can kneel on these front pews also. There'll be room for everyone. You might say, Brother Kent, I'm just not comfortable coming down there and praying with you. Well, if you're not, that's fine. You can just be seated after we read. Or if you're physically unable, I understand completely that... Uh, uh, you, we might get you down, but not get you up again. I understand that, but I understand. But if you're able and you're willing, you come and um, pray with us after we read this passage. Hebrews chapter number three. Look at verse number one. It says, wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, 
And as much as he who hath builded the house hath more honor than the house. For every house is builded by some man. But he that built all things is God. And Moses, verily, was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after. But Christ, as a son over his own house, whose house are we if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. Verse 7. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost said, repeat this out loud with me. Today, if ye will hear his voice. Let me read on. Verse 8. Harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, in the day of temptation, in the wilderness, when your fathers tempted me and proved me and saw my works forty years, wherefore I was grieved with that generation and said they do always err in their heart and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. While it is said, repeat out loud again, Today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. Now flip down to Hebrews chapter 4. Go down to verse 7, just one page over in your Bible. And again, he limiteth a certain day, saying in David, Today, after so long a time, as it is said, repeat with me, Today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Four times in the word of God. It says that phrase. The first one was actually in Psalm 95. Today if ye will hear his voice. I invite anyone to like to come and join me at the altar. We're going to have a word of prayer. The remainder you can be seated. But you're welcome to come and pray with me. Come on and pray with me. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Come on down and pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning and we're just beginning this series of meetings. We want it to be a revival. We're going to have meetings, Lord. But we wish your Holy Spirit would get involved, speak to hearts, and give us a revival. Dear God, I pray for a Christian man. He hears my voice right now, maybe even a young man. And they know they're wrong. They know they're out of your will. Oh, bring revival to that man and that young man's heart. And then, Lord, I pray for a woman or a young girl. Oh, dear God, bring revival to her heart. Get her back in line with your will and way. 
And then this morning I pray for somebody in this room that's lost. They don't know Jesus. Oh, today would be a wonderful day for them to come and call upon the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, we're giving you these next four days. We're asking you to do something wonderful. And Lord, we pray this morning, especially for Israel. They've been brutally attacked. There's a lot of broken hearts there today. Guide their president. Guide their leaders. And give them wisdom. And Lord, I pray you would comfort the hearts of those that have lost loved ones. Heavenly Father, this service is yours. You take it and bless as you see fit. And when it's all over, we'll give you all the praise and the honor and every bit of the glory. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. This one phrase appears three times in the book of Hebrews. And you know, if you really think about it, if God says something one time, it's authoritative. You can take that check to the bank and cash it. But when it is spoken three times, God is trying to get you to listen to him. And it says, today, if ye will hear his voice. Now, a mother knows the voice. Of their of their children of her children. Years ago, I pastored in West Texas, and everybody in Texas in our church said, "Oh, brother Kent, you need to take your kids and go to Colorado and go to Fun Valley, Colorado." And so they just convinced us. So we headed to Fun Valley, me and Julie and our four boys, and we had a tent it was like a two-room tent and then we had one of those ford conversion vans and it folded out and made a bed me and julie slept in the van and the boys slept in their sleeping bags in the tent and uh, when we got to fun valley we noticed very quickly that it was one of these huge rv parks and i had to pay the same for a camping spot as an rv and we had these huge 40-foot cruisers on each side of us. And there we are out there in a tent with a Coleman stove building a fire. And I think those people were just in the windows looking out. Hey, come over here, honey. They're going to they're gonna cook something now. We were like monkeys in a zoo. And, of course, it rained every day. Anytime we took Julie to Colorado, it rains. I mean, I've thought about renting her out to the forestry service. Uh, she could put out a forest fire easy. Just drop her in the middle and it's going to rain. And it rained every day. So the boys are out playing and me and Julie are sitting there and trying to read and the smoke's coming up. And, and all of a sudden she goes, did you hear that? And I'm like, no, I didn't hear nothing. Listen, listen. And way in the distance, I could hear. Mom. You know, they never yelled dad. It's always, Mom. Boy, she jumped up. And we went down the path and went over a bridge, over a rippling brook there. And I'm following her. And she goes over and there's a mountain going straight up with a path that goes up like this. 
and she looks up there and there's our two youngest sons. There's Caleb and there's Daniel and they're hanging on to a root and their feet are dangling and they're yelling, Mom! And she looked at me and said, what are you going to do? I said, well, if that root breaks, they're going to be right down here. Just we, let's just wait for them, you know? And that was not a good answer for a mama. And I mean, Julie took off. Now, Brother Tim, she didn't run up that trail. Nope. She went straight up that mountain like a gazelle. Even people in the campground are going, wow. And she rescued those boys and saved their life. That's what she says anyway. But anyway. <laughs> Isn't that something? When she knew the voice of her own son. Mom. And you know, God still speaks to people. Do you know his voice? Do you hear his voice? You see, I believe in our churches, we used to hear more about this. We used to hear people say things like, the Lord spoke to me. The Lord said something to my heart. But I'm noticing we don't hear that much of that anymore. I really believe that some people are afraid to say that because somebody might think they're crazy. One of the great philosophers of our day, Joy Behart of The View, Joy said this, it's one thing to talk to Jesus, it's another thing when Jesus talks to you. That's called mental illness, if I'm not correct. Hearing voices. You see, some people say, I'm not going to say God spoke to me because people will think I'm crazy. Then we've got other people. That justify their sin by saying, God told me to do that. On Mother's Day 2003, Deanna Laney, 39 years old of Tyler, Texas. She killed her two sons, Joshua 8, Luke 6. And she left 15 month old Aaron for dead. She bashed in their head with a rock in the front yard of their home. Her attorney said this at the defense in court. Laney believed that God had told her the world was going to end. And she had to get her house in order, which included killing her children. The dilemma, this is what the lawyer said. The dilemma she faced is a terrible one for a mother. Does, do you follow what she believed to be God's will or does she turn her back on God? Let me tell you something. The voice of God will not contradict the word of God. And if God would say something to you that would be contrary to this book, then it's not the voice of the Lord. But I do believe God still speaks to people. In fact, I believe this morning in this room, God is going to speak to someone. The question is, are you going to hear his voice? Are you going to hear his voice? And I want to look this morning at some examples of God speaking to people today, right here at Victory Baptist Church. I'm not going to preach about people that are not here. I'm going to preach about you. You see, there's someone in this room that is a Christian 
And God is going to speak to you today. In fact, he probably already started speaking to you before you even got to church. He's talking to you today. You know why? Because you know you're not what God wants you to be. There's some in this room this morning that are involved in sin. You're involved in the world. <coughs> and even to come to church causes conviction. Because God is speaking to you about your life. There's some men and boys in this room this morning. And you're involved in pornography. Internet pornography. <coughs> Focus on the family did a study and they came back and said they believe that 85% of our men and boys in our churches are involved in pornography. And now I'm hearing the numbers even growing among girls and women. You know that's wrong. You know that's sin. And today, when you came in this church building, the Spirit of God already began to speak to your heart and say, you need to make some things right today. You need to come to that altar, fall down on your face and spend some time with God and rededicate and recommit yourself to be what He wants you to be. Because you cannot be used of God when you're involved in sin in an open way. And the Spirit of God's going to speak to you today. Do you hear His voice? Harden not your heart. There's someone else in this room that God's calling to full time service. There may be a young man or a young lady that God has spoke to your heart about being the next missionary or the next preacher or possibly you might even be the next pastor of this church. And if he's calling you into ministry, into service, you need to hear his voice and come today and just surrender your life. You know, when I surrendered my life to preach, I didn't know what I would do. I didn't know if I would pastor. I didn't know if I would go to the mission field. But I knew God called me to be a preacher. And for 18 years I pastored. And now for 25 years I've been an evangelist. But the only way God used me was because I just surrendered to his voice. I said yes to God. And all you young men in the back back there, let me tell you something. A life serving God is the greatest life you can live. I didn't say it's the richest life you'll live. But it's the greatest life you can live. Maybe there's someone today God's calling you to surrender to the ministry. You need to say yes to God. There's someone else in this room today. You need to come and join this church. You've been coming for a long time. You know, Brother Tim, they preach the word of God here. They teach the Bible here. You like the people here. This is where you've been coming, but you've never joined the church. You need to walk down here this morning and say, Pastor Tim... Whatever method I need to do, I need to join this church. I want to run my flag up this flagpole. And then there's some people who say, well, brother, can I? I don't like to join one church. I like to just bounce around, you know. In fact, the only reason I'm here today is because I heard there was an evangelist and a revival. Next week, we're going over to another church. They're going to have a movie over there next week. And then the next week, there's a quartet at another. Do you realize you're never going to grow in the Lord bouncing from church to church? In fact, some of you, you actually like to hit the churches when they're on mountaintop experiences. And you're literally going from mountaintop to mountaintop to mountaintop. Well, let me tell you, I've been to Colorado many times and nothing grows on the mountaintop. You know where real growth is? Down in the valley. 
And sometimes in a church, you need to be part of a church when they go through a valley, when they go through a death in the church family, when they go through a financial discouragement, when they go through a change of pastor. Those are hard times in a church, but guess what? You will grow down in the valley. Never grow on the mountaintop. I fly all the time and... Seems like every time you get on a plane, you got to fly to Atlanta. Go to Atlanta. And then you can go somewhere else. I told Julie, I said, I think when I die, my soul will go to Atlanta first. <laughs> and then straight to heaven. Must go to Atlanta. And sometimes I'll fly to Atlanta and the pilot, he'll start bragging. He'll well, folks, we're going to get you there 15 minutes early. And we're like, well, yeah. And all of a sudden we go up and he starts making left-hand turns. And I look down and there's Hartsfield, Jackson, Atlanta. And then we turn again and there it is again. And there it is again. And something's wrong. Something's wrong. He can't land. And not only did we not get there early, we're late now. You see, we're flying, but we're not getting anywhere. And that's kind of what it means when you don't join a church. You're, you're, you're attending church, but you're not getting anywhere. You need to join the church. Need to get involved in the program. You need to be part of the family. So there's a Christian here today. That the voice of God is speaking to you this morning. Do you hear his voice? And then there's someone in the room today. That God is going to speak to you about the need to be baptized. You're saved. But you've never been scripturally baptized. You need to come down to Pastor Tim this morning. And say Pastor I am saved. But I've never been baptized. You need to follow the Lord in scriptural baptism. Now let me make it very clear. Baptism does not save you. But the Bible says in Galatians 3.27. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ. Have put on Christ. You know what? In the early church. Everyone that joined the church got baptized. The Philippian jailer got baptized. The Ethiopian eunuch got baptized. It's the show of a good conscience toward God. Amen. And there's some of you today. You've been saved. But you've never been baptized. Now it doesn't save you. But it is important. And it's important to God. And it is the first step after salvation. And how can you take the second and the third and the fourth step if you will not take the first step of believer's baptism? I'll have people come up to me and, oh, Brother Ken, I'm just, I'm saved, but I'm just, I'm not winning the victory in my Christian life. I'm just not winning the victory. And would, would you talk to me? So I go back and sit down. I remember a young man, he was about 22. I sat down with him. I said, okay, let me talk to you. Now tell me, when did you get saved? He said, when I was five years old, I was in junior church and I got saved. And I said, well, did they baptize you? Yep, the next Sunday they baptized me. I said, okay, well, that's good. He goes, but wait a minute, Brother Ken, I want to tell you. When I went to college, I joined a Bible study group, and I really got saved when I was 18. I said, okay. Now, when did they baptize you? Well, when I was five, I'd already been baptized. And I'm like, bingo. Here's your first problem. Baptism cannot take place before you're saved. And let me make it very clear to you. You might have got christened as a baby. You might have got sprinkled. You might have got poured. You might have got dunked. If any of them took place before you got saved, you didn't get baptized. You just got wet. And when your baptism is out of line, it is important to God. He has an order. You get baptized after you get saved, not before. 
And there's some of you today, you need to come and tell Brother Tim, my baptism wasn't done right. I need to get baptized. And I'll tell you, it'll change your Christian life because you get the first step down. There's someone needs to come and get baptized. Are you going to hear his voice today? And then lastly, and I'll be done. God's going to speak to someone who needs to become a Christian today. You need to come to this altar and just say five words. I want to be saved. Now that doesn't save you, but that tells the preacher exactly what you want to do. And they'll have someone go with you and very privately and very discreetly, they would pray with you and show you that there's only one way to get saved. And that is call upon the name of the Lord. Romans chapter 10 verse 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thy heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Hallelujah. I had someone the other day say, oh, that's a Baptist word. We don't use that in our religion. Like, it's not a Baptist word. It's a Bible word. Amen. Thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him Shall not be ashamed. You see this morning. There's someone in this room. The voice of the Lord is speaking to you. And you need to come and be saved today. Now let me make it very clear to you. There's not going to be any hard questions. You know some people think. If I go down there. They're going to hand me a mic. And expect me to sing a song like Julie did. Uh huh. No, you're not going to have to sing a song. Brother Tim's not going to get down here and drill you with questions from the book of the Revelation. In fact, there's not going to be any hard questions. Salvation is simple. Can you confess with your mouth you're a sinner? Can you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ died on the cross, was buried and rose again? Thou shalt be saved. And today, there's somebody he's speaking to in this room. You need Jesus. You need to be saved. Oh, brother, kid, it's so scary. I can't walk down there. I can't do that. I'm from Vermont. <laughs> oh, yeah, you can. In fact, if it seems so scary to you today, why don't you just reach down to the person beside you and take their hand and say, hey, would you walk with me? Because every Christian in this room has been through what you need to go through. And we understand. And every Christian in this room would be happy to walk down to the pastor with you and tell him, I want to be saved. The Lord's voice is speaking to someone today. Don't harden your heart. Listen to the Lord. And when he speaks to you, just step out and walk down to this good pastor. And whatever you need taken care of. If you're a Christian, just come to the altar and get on your face by yourself and do business. If you need to be baptized, tell him. I want to get baptized. We're not going to baptize you today, but he'll make plans for as soon as he can. Or if you need to be saved, let someone take a Bible and go pray with you and show you how to be saved. Amen. Do you hear his voice? Harden not your heart, but answer the voice of the Lord. We are going to be dismissed in a word of prayer. And as you kind of head out your way, I hope you come back this evening for the evening service, 6 o'clock. Brother Kent be preaching. Julie will be singing. And uh, we're looking for the Holy Spirit to work and move in our hearts. Amen? Amen. Thank you so much for coming this morning to worship the Lord. Let's have a word of prayer. We'll be dismissed. And don't forget...
uh, all our team leaders. What did, what did you say you want yeah, me to give them? Give them like 15 seconds to move out of their pew. And do you want to do that right now before yeah, the closing? Right. Yes. So wherever you team leaders want to go, and uh, you want to go and position yourself wherever you want to position yourself. And then we'll go from there. He doesn't even know his members. All right. Everybody where they want to be? Sandra Joe's still, she's working. She's moving. All right, here you go. I'm get my Bible. Okay. Tell everybody I'll be at my table. Come by and say hi. All right, Brother Julie. Uh, Julie and Brother Kent. <laughs> Sister Kent. Yeah, yeah. They're going to be at their table in the back. They, they have some things, T-shirts and that kind of thing that helps pay for their gas and air flights and all those kind of things. Um, but uh, see them at the table. Um, are you going to wait to go back there so that... These guys can... No, I'm going during the prayer. They'll have to chase me. <laughs> okay, because I don't think they knew that. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's have a word of prayer. We'll be dismissed. Lord, thank you so much for bringing us together this morning. Thank you for Brother Kent and Julie coming and ministering to us. And I pray that you would stir our hearts, speak to our souls, that we would see revivals. Revivals starting with ourselves and then spreading to others. In Christ's name we pray, amen.